0: Awesome, hey, um, man, that's a, uh, the video highlights a, a reality for all of us that, that little habits can make up a huge difference in our lives. And uh, once again, my name's Tim, uh, serve as one of the pastors here, super glad that you decided to kick off your week with us. We are currently in week two of the series that we're calling Habits. Uh, last week, we talked about putting first things first and how we can put God first in every arena of our life, uh, every every day, every week, every month, every year, If you missed that, you can go back, check that out online. That'd be great. But today we're talking about habit two. Habit two. Uh, And that's simply controlling our thoughts. We want to take control of our, of our thoughts. And so we kind of laid a groundwork last week uh, for, for this series. And we laid this, uh, talked about this, this quote from John Maxwell. He says this. He says, most people have uphill hopes, but downhill habits, right? Their hopes are up here, but their habits Keep us stuck down here. And so, so we don't want to, that to be true of us. We want to have uphill hopes, but we also want to have some habits that will help us get uphill to what we're, we're trying to achieve. Aristotle said this. He said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. It's a habit, and so there's some habits we want to incorporate into our lives to as we begin to embark as together as a church in this new chapter, but together in 2019, individually, and so uh, I'm going to give you three realities regarding our thoughts, and then five practical handles of how we can implement uh, this habit into, into our lives, and so uh, I'll, I'll be honest, be very candid with you. This is an area I struggle with, uh, my thought life. And uh, and not having limiting beliefs. I want to be able to see Tim as God sees Tim. Not as Tim sees Tim. Not as what the world says Tim is. But as God sees me. And incorporate that into my life. Um, so this is a big statement. Uh, so give me some time to unpack this statement I'm about to make. But I believe for you personally. I believe for us collectively. I believe for your family. The greatest determining factor on how successful or detrimental 2019 is hinges on what we thank. Big statement. How, how, how successful or detrimental 2019 is, how, how de- uh, detrimental or successful your future is, it hinges on the thoughts uh, that you're going to think. Because here's the reality. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Our life is always moving in the direction of the, our strongest thoughts. So here's a question I want to ask you. Are you excited? Are you pumped? Are you fired up for the direction your life is going? Are you fired up, excited about about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Here's the first observation. Here's the first reality. Everything begins with a thought. Everything begins with a thought, uh, and so the first fill in the blank there. Actually, it's the second one. Everything begins with with this with a thought, and so I try to be very careful what I think about first thing in the morning. Uh, I try to be very careful for the first hour of my day. I want my thoughts to be, be in tune with what, what God's thinking, what, how he sees me. And uh, I'm kind of a task-oriented guy. And so my tendency, uh, if the gravitational pull of life for Tim Perkins, uh, gr- drives me to reach for my cell phone first thing, right? And I want to start clearing my inbox. What do people say about me? What do people need from me? I need to start working through some task lists, right? Um, but inevitably... Uh, something in my inbox sends me in a downward spiral that, that kind of sets the tone of my day where it's not real, real positive. So I have to be careful. I have to be careful with that. Matter of fact, I don't know if any of you can relate to this. I was talking to a lady this week, and she said, she said I wake up grumpy every morning. I said, wow, you know, tell me more about that. She said, well, sometimes I let him go back to bed, but most days I wake up I wake up grumpy. <laughs> wake up grumpy every morning. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. That's funny. Here's what the Bible says. And you know, so, so we want to start our day with, with some healthy thoughts. We don't wake up grumpy every morning. So, so how are we going to actually, actually do this? The Bible says we're transformed in, in a certain way. And here's what it says in Romans 12, too. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Help me out with this, this yellow word whenever we get there. It says, but let God transform you. How's God going to transform you? Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. think. Everything begins. With a thought. Second observation is what we think determines how we feel. What we think determines how we feel. Here's what Dr. Carolyn Leaf uh, wrote. She's a she's a cognitive neurologist. She has a PhD in communication pathology. Uh, she specializes in metacognitive and cognitive neuro, uh, neuropsychology. And so I want to read this quote to you from her. She says, according to researchers, the vast majority. Check this out. A whopping 75 to 98 percent. That's staggering. Uh, of illnesses that plague us today are direct result of our thought life. What we think truly affects us both physically and emotionally. In fact, fear alone triggers 1,400 physical and chemical responses in the body, activating more than 30 different hormones. Here's what she says. Today's culture is undergoing an epidemic of toxic thoughts that, left unchecked, create the ideal conditions for illness, end quote. And I think, I think that's a reality. I think that's why the apostle Paul said this in Philippians 4, 8, 9. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, uh, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is, is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think. think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. In other words, you can't have stress-filled thoughts and experience a peaceful life. Like, like we can't have a toxic thought life and a positive outcome, right? So here's what it says in Isaiah 26.3. It says, uh, you will keep in perfect peace. I don't know about you, but I want to like, I need two scoops of that. Can I get some perfect peace in my life? Uh, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts, your thoughts, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. If we're going to experience this peace, we've got to control our thoughts because what we think determines how we feel. So we've got to give this some, some serious attention. We're just kind of laying some groundwork uh, for this talk here. So, so here's the third observation, third reality with our thoughts. Our thoughts determine our destiny. Here's what this guy named Stephen Covey wrote. He said, sow a thought, you reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap a character. Sow a character, you'll reap a destiny. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You're going tomorrow where your thoughts will take you. That doesn't just sound like Dr. Seuss. I think that is, is a reality uh, for us. And you might say, you know what, Tim, this sounds like <laughs> some new age positive thinking stuff, some mumbo jumbo, and I, I respect that. But I, I just want you to know, I'm just trying to tell you what the Bible says. So, so let's look further at what the Bible says about this idea of our thoughts. Romans 8, 5 through 6 says this. Again, help me out with the yellow words. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think, think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit Think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your, your mind, there's death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your, your mind, there's life and peace. Hey, you know what? People who, who do sinful things isn't just because they're sinful, they, they, they think about things like that. People who are walking in the Spirit, it's not by coincidence. God didn't love them more than the next guy. He's not a respecter of persons. But they take control of their thought life. They say, I'm going to think about things that please the Lord. In other words, uh, there's a battle. There's a battle for your mind, and the battle takes place in the mind. The battle is won or lost in your mind. If you're a child of the 80s, you might have thought that love is a battlefield uh, because of a song that was out there. Uh, that's not the case. The battlefield's actually in your mind. And so this is, Im- this is important uh, for us to give some consideration to. Henry Ford said this, uh, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. In other words, if you think you can't, you probably won't. If you believe that through Christ you can, then you will. If you believe you're a victim, always suffering at the hand of outside circumstances, then guess what? You will be a victim. But if you believe that through Christ you can overcome, then you'll overcome. So here's what I I want us to build on this foundation of, of this habit and to think about what you think about. So I, I would like for all of us to take a thought audit, right? A thought audit right here, right now. We're going to take a thought audit, all right? Now you hear the word audit, and some of us, our blood pressure begins to rise. I just at that word audit. Well, good news, it's not April 15th. Uh, it's not that kind of audit, uh, but it is equally, actually more serious than that. And so on, on a scale of one to 10, uh, on your in your program, you should have received one of these. There's a thought audit right here. I want you to take a, take a look at that. And so a scale of one to 10, one being worried, 10 being peaceful, over this past week, where would you land on a sliding scale? One to 10, one to 10. Worried? Man, I'm consumed with all this stuff going on in my life. I'm stressed out about what the future holds. Or I got a peaceful, easy feeling. I know he's not gonna let me down. You know what I mean? Like you're living from that posture. That's your theme song. It's awesome. All right, next one. Uh, don't don't overthink it. Uh, some of us, because of our wine, we want to overthink this. It's going to take us an hour to take this audit. No, we're not doing that. Just first knee-jerk reaction, first blink. There it is. Uh, next one, negative or positive? H- has your thought life been primarily negative? Oh, man, this is this is a bummer. Or positive? I mean, you're puking rainbows and unicorns. It's awesome. It's all good, right? One to ten, sliding scale. Don't put all fives either. That's cheating, y'all. I almost thought about doing a scale of one to five, but... You know what I'm saying? All right, temporary or eternal? Next one, temporary or eternal? Has your mind been focused on right here, right now? Or has your mind been focused on eternal things, things that are going to last forever? Scale of one to 10, this past week, where would you land? Scale of one to 10. All right, go ahead and finish that one. Tiffany, We throw me more water. Sometimes when I speak, I, I start foaming at the mouth. I promise I don't have rabies. Uh, it just means I need a drink of water. All right, how'd you guys do? Thought audit, how'd you do? All right, well, hey, here's the deal. If you gave yourself all tens, you're a liar and you need Jesus, and I'm glad you're here, right? All right, y'all need Jesus. You're welcome, there's a safe place for you. Uh, If you gave yourself anything less than a ten, that's awesome, I'm glad you're here, because that means there's some ground for you to make up in this area of your life. And so over these next few minutes, my hope for you, for me, is that we can get some practical handles. If you gave yourself a seven, how can you move to an eight? If you gave yourself a one, how can you move to a two? we we don't need to figure it all out today but we just need to take a we just want to take a step. So we're going to take a step together and we're going to be better together in 2019. So we've established every thought begins with uh, uh every everything begins with a thought. There it is. Uh what we think determines how we feel. And we've established that every thought, our thoughts actually determine our destiny. Big statement. So how are we going to master this habit? Uh number 1 fill in the blank uh find a plan to control my thoughts. I need to find a plan to control my thoughts. And for some of us in the room, the, the reality is the best next step we could take is maybe to get some, some software on our computer, help us hold ourselves accountable to some of the things that we look at online. For some of us, the best next step we could take is to go see a counselor because we have some limiting beliefs, maybe a life coach. Help us identify some limiting beliefs between our ears. How are we going to control uh, our thoughts? How are we going to take control of what comes into to our mind? Because as we've established, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, for me, I would say that the biggest contributing factor to help me take control of my thoughts is, is to feed on the word of God every day. I just need to realign myself with God's word every day. Um, guinness book of world records uh established that that the bible is actually the best-selling book in the history of the world over five billion copies sold of this thing we call the bible and so even if you don't believe into this all this jesus stuff you're just checking out church that's awesome i just think it's worth giving it some consideration it's the best-selling book in the history of the world like holy smokes give it a read right uh here's what the bible says so if you're a christ follower you believe the bible to be true here's what the bible says uh hebrews 412 says for the word of god is living and active. Man, it's not just a book, but it's actually alive. It, it can talk to us. It's active. It says it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. In other words, we don't just read the Bible, but the Bible actually has this way of reading us, and it helps us become who who God creates us to be. It's like a mirror. that whole, Every time I read, I'm like, Oh, snap, I got some stuff I got to do. I got some dirt on my face. I got to go clean this up, right? It, re- it does, We don't just read the Bible, it reads us. Uh, whenever I, I first started following Jesus, man, I, I'm just going to tell y'all I'm a, I am ai was a mess. I'm a mess now, but I was a hot mess uh, whenever I started following Jesus. And uh, I didn't know at the time, I didn't really even know what the word mentor meant, but my mom uh, right here on the front row kind of became my, my mentor and, and helped me uh, learn about God and how to, how to follow him. And I remember this small town in Missouri uh, there was a, a town square, and just off that square there was this pharmacy called Red Cross Pharmacy. My mom took me there. She said, "Tim, first thing we need to do is get you a Bible." I said, "Well, okay, I guess we'll do that." And so I remember, I remember the smell. I remember going there. She said, "Oh, here's here's this section of the store I'd never crossed in my life. I didn't even know existed. This Bible section." She said, "Pick out any Bible you want. I would suggest NIV Study Bible because it kind of you can read the text and then it can tell you a little bit about what you just read." And I thought that sounds pretty good because I don't have a clue what I'm reading. And uh, in the first week, first week, I read through the entire New Testament. The first month, I read the entire Bible, not because I was a theologian, not because I thought God was going to call me to be a pastor. I read the whole Bible because I was broken. I was jacked up. And I thought, man, God, if you can help me, then it surely is going to be through me understanding your word. And I didn't read it as a religious exercise. I read it as an instruction manual. I said, God, if you say it, I want to do it. If you say I need to pray, I'm going need, need to pray. Here you go. I don't care. I need to figure out my relationship. I, I want to do it. And, man, it changed my life. Changed my life. The Bible wasn't just, I wasn't just reading the Bible, but the Bible was actually reading me. And it began to help me take control of my thoughts and help me to see and shape the world around me and see myself as God sees me. So read the Bible, y'all. Read the Bible, that's so simple. But I'm telling you, what sustained me then is what sustains me now. I I, I have the same tendencies to go downhill habits. Real quick, you don't believe me, ask my wife. (laughs) She's like, you've been spending time with Jesus? You're a little bit angry today. I'm like, (laughs) no, no. Anyway, um, it's important. It's important. Take control of your thoughts. Second observation is this. uh, Find success by reframing your thoughts. Find success by reframing your thoughts. It's not going to be on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, Proverbs 11.27 says this. uh, If you search for good, you'll find it. But if you search for evil, it will find you, right? I don't know if you've ever been around negative people before, I mean, surely not in church, but maybe at work. Uh, maybe someone you know at the grocery store, they're just negative, right? Life hands them a donut and all they talk about is the hole, right? Like, yeah, sure, I got this donut, but it's got this big old hole right here. See that? Donut. I mean, they're not here at church, but you've heard of them, right? It kind of reminds me of, of like vultures, right? I don't know if you've ever seen vultures or heard of vultures, but, but vultures basically fly around. They look for dead stuff, right? Yeah, there it is. See, that's it. He, I'm looking for dead stuff. And they fly around. They, they oh yeah, it's dead right there. They fly over. And the first thing they do is puke on it. Blah! They mark their territory. Some people are like that. They, they, they fly around looking for dead stuff. And when they find it, they're like, oh yeah, that's what I thought. Blah! And they puke on it. I'm just going to tell you, if you have a vulture mentality around me, you don't have to look very long, y'all. Like I'm, we're just meeting you. My name's Tim. I want to be your friend. But 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 hey, you don't have to look very hard. <laughs> I'm jacked up. I'm a person. I'm a human. I will disappoint you. I will. I don't want to, but I'm just telling you. You look for negative stuff in my life, you'll find it. You, you come to this church, and I hope you keep coming. But if you're looking for negative stuff, you can find plenty of stuff to puke on. But But don't do that. Don't be that person. There's, there's another option, a hummingbird. I don't know if you've seen these hummingbirds. They, their wings go, they fly around. And here's what hummingbirds look for. They look for sweet things. They're looking for nectar. They're looking, oh, there's something sweet. As a result, they find sweet things. They feast on sweet things. I don't know if Jenny's here in the room. Jenny, Jenny, no, Jenny. She's on the worship team. She's not in church though. So feel free to puke on that whenever you, no, I'm joking, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I was super impressed with Jenny, though. Uh, first Sunday here, Tiffy and I, we were just sitting back observing. Jenny, she would she would fly around like a little hummingbird. She's like, "Oh, there's something sweet. I'm gonna call it out." And she would see the best. She would speak the best. I, I don't know if you have these at, at your home, but they they make hummingbird feeders, right? Because people love having these beautiful birds around. I don't know if you've ever been to a buddy's house. They're like, "I got this vulture feeder out back. I just put dead stuff on there. It's awesome." If you got a friend that has a vulture feeder, I'm just saying 2019 is a good year to find some new friends. Don't be like that. But find success by reframing, reframing our, our thoughts. We want to see the best. We want to speak the best. Proverbs, if you search for good, you're going to find it. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Third observation. Uh, thir- third takeaway, handle for how we take control of our thoughts Is find a person to stretch I need to find a person to stretch my thoughts I need to find some people around me A community around me that's going to stretch my thinking Otherwise I'm just going to get in this rut And I'm going to thank the way I've always thought And I'm just going to say that's normal, right? So yesterday we went to uh, San Francisco I don't know if you guys have been to San Francisco It's my first time ever going to San Francisco, right? And I don't know if you've ever been there But they have hills That are like 45 degree angles, y'all I put it in first gear. I'm driving. My heart's pounding on my chest. I'm trying to be brave, right? Kids are in the car. I'm like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) If we're going today, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, I was scared. I was scared, y'all. These hills freaking me out. And So I'm in first gear cruising like a grandpa. I mean, no offense to grandpas in the room, but I'm cruising like that, you know. And then, zoom, two lane road, two-way traffic, two lane road, zoom, they pass me. Like I'm standing still. And I'm thinking, that must be Evil Knievel. If it was in a life or death situation, I'd go get his autograph, right? Evil Knievel, I've never met him. And then, and then, another guy, two cars, fly around me. And it stretched my thinking. I, what I thought was a life or death situation is normal for people in San Francisco. It was crazy but it expanded my thanking. Jim Rohn said that uh, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Who of those five people are stretching your thanking? Who of those are gonna make you, make you better in life and challenge you? Challenge the normal. So find some people to stretch our thanking. There's more I wanna say here, but come back next week. We're gonna be talking about that, community, the power of it. So uh, fourth observation is this, find daily declarations to anchor your thoughts. I need to find daily declarations to anchor my thoughts. Uh, you know, hey, let me be very honest. You know, some of you have experienced some things that no human being should ever experience. Situations, circumstances that were outside of your control, and I just want you to know, as your pastor, I'm sorry. Like, it should have never happened. And while in life, we cannot control the circumstances or situations that happen to us. We can control how we respond. ...to those situations and circumstances that, that happened to us. There's no better example on this weekend than Martin Luther King Jr. Today, tomorrow's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, right? We're going to celebrate that. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., man, he had some terrible things happen to him... ...because of his color of his skin. It's not right. It's unjust. should never take place. And while he had no control over that situation... ...he did take control of how he would respond to his circumstances, Right? Something we can learn from him. Something we can learn from, from our lives in general. And so uh, it reminds me of the story of this boy. This boy goes to the park with his dad and they're, they're playing baseball. And this boy tells his dad, Dad, I'm the best batter in the history of the world. Check me out, Dad. He says, okay, I'm watching, I'm watching. So he's, he gets his bat ready. He goes, Phew, phew, misses. Strike one. I have the best batter history to watch this, Dad. Phew, phew, misses. Strike two. Best, I'm the best batter. I'm the best batter in the history of the world, Dad. Watch this. <sighs> Strike three. You're out. I'm the best pitcher in the history of the world. I just struck out the best batter in the history of the world. Oh, Dad, you see that? I thought I was just the best hitter in the history of the world. Now I know I'm the best pitcher in the history of the world. Dad, can you believe it? It's awesome. We all want to be around people like that, right? So, so how are you going to find some daily declarations to anchor your thoughts in who you want to be? You know, in two, early 2018, um, I felt like God told me two things um, that, that would be life-altering for me. Uh, w- one would be that he had a new assignment for me, and that ultimately led to me getting to lock arms with people like you here in San Jose. Second thing I felt like God spoke to me was that, Tim, you got some stuff between your ears I need you to figure out. Some limiting beliefs about yourself that, that I need you to figure out before I can allow you to take hold of what I have ahead of you. So I thought, oh, man, that's, that's heavy, God. Like, whew, what the heck? And so I, uh, I went to counseling. I, I went to talk to a life coach, talked to my wife, obviously, talked to a bunch of friends, just got very painfully honest about my junk. And uh, I said, i, I got to figure this out. Uh, is, is there anywhere you see some limiting beliefs in my life? And uh, did some deep digging in that. Uh, two books that were really helpful that I would encourage you to, to make note of. Uh, one was Search for Significance by Robert McGee. Search for Significance by Robert Gave. If you haven't read it, I'd encourage you to read it. Uh, a, a staff counselor at the first church I was on, on staff at uh, handed it to all the staff and said, hey, this is the best book you'll ever read. Make sure you read it. It's, it's the best book for your ministry and for your life in general. I started reading the book, and here's what I said. Y'all are jacked up. <laughs> you think this is for me? Like, no. Nah. Yeah, you guys must be, you guys got deep issues. You know, you need to go talk to Brian. He can help you with some of the like, counseling stuff. Um, little did I know. A little over 15 years later, that would be a book that ate my lunch. I would encourage you to read it. Search for Significance, Robert McGee. Second book was uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf's book, Switch on Your Brain. She's a neuropsychologist, or neuroscientist, uh, studies the the brain and how it functions, how it works. It's a great book. First half of the book is very heady. Uh, Second half of the book has very practical handles of how we can uh, create neural pathways in our mind and and kind of reprogram our thinking. But I I say all that to say this. Uh, Probably the best exercise for me uh, after all of that, was creating daily declarations to anchor my thoughts. And so, uh, so here, here's my journal. I started doing this uh, last year. And, uh, and so out of the gate, like for the first quarter, maybe the first month, I would encourage you every morning, every night, look in the mirror and make daily declarations about that are true for you. Okay, so that's what I did with these. Now, uh, Gary, I, I, my office is right next to Gary, so every morning he probably hears me like, "What's going on with Tim?" I didn't know he was meeting with him, but I'm just talking to myself. I just got to re, reprogram my mind. I got to anchor my thoughts and what I want to be true of me. So here's mine. This is maybe too vulnerable, but 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 this is me. Okay, and so I got some of these from a pastor by the name of Craig Rochelle out of Oklahoma, uh, but most of these are, are are me that I feel like. I need to work, weave into my life to live out. So I say this. I say, I'm Timothy Wang Perkins, and because of Jesus, this is who I am. I am bold. Fear does not hold me back. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind to take action on the things he's asked me to do today. I am moving forward with courage. God has made me strong and courageous, and he's promised that he will never leave me or forsake me no matter where I go. His presence is his promise for all of my pain and problems I'll face today. I'm a son of the king. With my dad in my corner, I cannot lose. Just as I would do anything to help my kids, I know my heavenly father is working even more diligently and effectively on my behalf, whether I see it or not. I am free. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed me from the power of sin that leads to death. Jesus is first in my life, and I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife, Tiffany, and I will lay down my life to serve her. My children, Canon, Drake, and Elsie, will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to be more and do more for his kingdom than they could ever imagine. My ceiling of impact will be their floor. I love people, and I believe the best in others. I am disciplined. Christ in me is greater than the wrong desires in me. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. And because of Jesus, my family is closer, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, my leadership is sharper. I am anointed and empowered and equipped to reach people far from God. I am creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I develop leaders. That's not something I do. It's just who I am. My words, thoughts, imaginations are under the power of Christ, and I take all thoughts captive, and I make them obedient to Christ. I wake up, and I go to bed with purpose and meaning every day of my life. Pain is my friend. I rejoice in suffering because Christ suffered for me. I bring my best, and then some. It's what I bring after I bring my best that makes all the difference in the world. The world will be better and different because I serve Jesus today. And with that, I anchor my thoughts. And then I do my best with God's help to go live that out every day of my life. So in 2019, as we embark on this journey together, what are you saying to yourself to anchor your thoughts? Because if you don't feel your thoughts, someone else will. Finally, find power to fuel my thoughts. The final fill in the blank there is find power to fuel my thoughts. Whenever God speaks to you, and I believe he's gonna speak to you, I believe for many of you, he's already spoken to you, but whenever he speaks to you, he'll, he'll speak some things that are going to be uh, quite honestly terrifying to you. And, uh, and that's for a purpose. That's for a purpose. Maybe for some of you, maybe what he's speaking to you is to have a spiritual conversation with that coworker. Uh, maybe for someone, some of you, next time you go to the grocery store, look for someone you can invite to church. Uh, for some of you, maybe it's to step into a new leadership role and begin leading the group here, here at Central. Maybe for some of you, uh, it's to, to take a bold step, a courageous step, and go get some counseling and get some help. Uh, with some of the stuff banging around between your ears. Uh, for some of you, may, maybe it's, don't be, don't be surprised if he asks you to do something that's super, super practical. Uh, but I believe whenever God taps you on the shoulder, he's going to ask you to do some things that will quite honestly be terrifying to you. And I believe that's because he wants not to just do great exploits through you, but God desires to do great exploits with you. And so we've got to find power to fuel our thinking. E- Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says this, uh, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Say that with me, immeasurably more. One, two, three, immeasurably more. God wants to do immeasurably more in you and through you. He wants to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you. That power, that word power is the word dunamis. It means we get our word dynamite. It's explosive. There's more power right here in this room than we can imagine. There's enough power right here in this room to start the next great awakening right here in San Jose that can sweep across our country. And I'm just saying there's power in you. Why not you? Why not us? Why not here? Why not now? He's able to do more than we can ask or imagine according to his power. Does it work within us? To him be glory in the church throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It reminds me of this glove. Um, in a minute, we're going to take communion. That's why the guys are, are moving around. But, but it reminds me of this glove. Here's a quote from, from A.W. Tozer. He says this, uh, deity indwelling man, deity indwelling man, that I say is Christianity. And no man has experienced rightly the power of Christian belief until he has known this for himself as a living reality. Deity indwelling man, that I say is Christianity. So this glove, it kind of represents my life. Before I knew Jesus, right? Like I, I got a few miles on me. A little tattered. Coming apart at the seams in some place. A little bit worn out. And here's what I would do. I would say to this glove about my life. Glove. You're created to, to build a fire. Glove build a fire. Nothing. Mow the lawn. No, nothing. Um, rake some leaves. Now, this glove was designed to help accomplish all that. But this glove on its own couldn't do anything. Can't do anything. That's me. Before I came to Jesus, I'm telling you, I was a hot mess. I wanted to do good. I wanted to be who God created me to be. I wanted, I wanted to honor my mom and dad. I just didn't do it. I wanted to do good things and be a contributor to society, but I couldn't do it. I was a failure at every turn, chained with addictions, broken with drug dealer, and, and just jacked up in every way imaginable. And I'd say, Glove, you're created for more. I've heard somebody say that. Do something good. I couldn't do it. Then one night, I just got real honest with God, and I said, God, Here's my life. I'm tired of being a failure. I'm tired of hurting the people I love the most. I'm tired of just being broken, coming apart at the seams all the time. I'm tired. I'm just kind of tired of life, to be honest. But God, if you want this life of mine, you can have it because I'm done living it. And in a moment of brokenness, in a moment of surrender, here's what took place deity-indwelling flesh. That, I say, is Christianity. And what was never possible for me to do on my own, God made a way. And I'm just telling you, I don't know what it is in your life, but God wants to empower you to do more than you could ask or imagine. Sure, it might seem impossible, but Mm -hmm. offer yourself afresh to him today. Say, God, here's my life. I want you to fill me completely. May your thoughts be my thoughts. God, may your heart be my heart. God, may my actions become your actions. I'm not going to read the Bible as a religious exercise. I'm going to read the Bible as an instruction manual for life. And God, whatever you ask me to do, I'm believing you're going to empower me to do it. With all my brokenness, with all my frailty, with all my stains, God, I believe somehow, some way you can do it. And in a moment, deity in dwelling flesh, That I say is Christianity. And no man has experienced rightly the power of Christian belief until you have known this example as a living reality. I'm not who I used to be. My life has changed. What I thought was impossible now is very profitable. I'm just telling you, I I didn't aspire to be this. I wasn't on like a a 15-year plan to be a senior. I'm a broken dude. But God, but God, Don't limit what God wants to do in you, through you, in your family. Deity, indwelling flesh. That's Christianity. It's my hope for you. It's my hope for me that we come to know this as a living reality because everything else is preliminary. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you, God, that you can use broken people like us to accomplish your will and your good pleasure here in this life. So God, we just today commit ourselves to you afresh and ask you, Jesus, to come fill our lives once again. In Jesus' name, amen. In a moment, the ushers are gonna pass some trays. We're gonna celebrate communion. It's an opportunity for us basically just to remember the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, The band's gonna continue to lead us in a final chorus. Before they do, I wanna read this to you. Uh, Romans 13, 13 through 14, it says this. It says, this is all the more urgent. This is Paul writing to this church in Rome. He says, this is all the more urgent. For we know how late it is. The time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove the dark deeds like dirty clothes. What he's saying is, is don't, don't, don't succumb to those downhill habits anymore. Throw those off. We're going uphill. We need to put in some uphill habits. Put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in drunkenness and, and wild parties and sexual promiscuity and immoral living or quarrelsome or jealousy. What he's saying is you need, need some, something better to fuel your life. That's like putting water in the gas tank. You're, not, you're going to be broke down the side of the road you keep doing that. You now he's, he's a gentleman. He'll let you do what you want to do. But I'm just telling you, we got to take off some things and put on some things. And here's what he says. Instead, verse 14, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus. And here, help me out with this. And don't let yourself, don't let yourself think about ways to indulge the sinful nature. In a moment, Again, we're gonna pass communion. If you're new to church, basically juice and a cracker. It's our way that that Jesus implemented to remember his death, his burial, and resurrection. And as you digest this communion element, my hope for you is that you would remember the power inside of you. That God, the the Bible makes this audacious claim that the the very presence of the living God takes up residence in you. And let me just ask you, is, is anything in your life too big for God to handle? Dwell on that. Think on that. Digest that reality and then go live it out.